Yo, what's up, man? We're back. It's first smoke of the day, episode 55. And today we're in LA. We're at our new studio, man. It's coming together. It's what feeling great. It's 120 degrees outside and it's a cool 70 in here. Cool 70. And smoky. It's your boy Pat Gods here and I'm here with Black Leaf. And what today, up, what up? We have the No-Till Kings in the building. What's up, boys? How you guys doing? Good, good. good. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate Yo, it. Thanks for making time, man, for real. And oh, yeah. uh, if you want to kind of get into how we, how we got aligned and... Yeah, you man. Know, like got up with these guys. It's rare to find fire on the rec market these days. And now you're starting to see a couple brands come online that are like really putting out top tier flower. And you guys are one of them. Then attach the no till to it where it's like, we know what that means, but a lot of people have no clue what that means, bro. Like, I mean, honestly, like even, even veterans are like, what does it exactly mean? For you know sure. what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. cause it's, so we'll definitely get into that. But like we linked up by talking in dms and yeah. you guys were like man we love the show and i was like i love what you guys do let's fucking it's it's always organic man and that's how the best relationships are built and the combos just like this show all organic 100 um let's talk about right off rip what is no till yeah so it's just the style of farming that we do a lot of people like get really confused you know they'll be like no trill like what <laughs> is that you know they'll think it's a snake on our logo and whatever um but you know, no hate. It's It's been a way of farming for thousands of years mm -hmm. indigenously. We're just shedding light to it. Um, it's just the style of agriculture. It's not like disrupting the topsoil at all. So you have your like conventional agriculture, which is like tilling where you're like just mechanically agitating the soil with like those large tractors. And then you have your strip tillage, which is like, you know, just destroying or like picking up all of the uh, where you're like planting the seeds. And then in between is going to be like undisturbed and then no till is just like everything undisturbed to the point of even when you harvest a plant, you leave the root sometimes in the soil or yeah. you'll leave like you almost plant like it's almost like picture if you were growing outside and you had cut down plants from last season and you wanted to plant another season and you literally plant same with pulling leaves. I've seen no till where they'll pull leaves and throw them on the bed. Yeah, yeah for breakdown for i sure. mean for a lot of indoor guys and hydro and so you're like wait what you didn't <laughs> like it's like you freak out if you bring the root if the leaves don't leave the room immediately in a trash bag you're like someone's getting fired you know what i'm saying like honestly man yep. like with no till you're literally like bugs are welcome but it's 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 about creating a, a web right absolutely exactly. and so people would trip to know that like a lot of no-till gardens there's like a full web going on of like bacteria bugs uh bugs eating plants breaking down obviously through their systems i'm guessing like obviously i'm going to explain yeah. it, you guys tell me how far off i am and then basically feeding the plants through that so there's a food web happening where like what type of amendments you guys do some water from the top do you do some small amendments it's basically self-sufficient yeah, yeah so uh, I mean, there's quite a few layers, basically. Mm -hmm. So um, our base soil, we start with, uh, uh, it's a, the 3.0 mix from build the soil. Um, so we get their organic soil mix. And then from there, we're going to end up actually getting it. We're going to send in uh, and get it lab tested. And we're going to amend it with uh, certain things that it needs. Mm -hmm. And uh, we work with people like uh, this group Cressive Soil and Sky Scott. And they... Uh, they look at basically the lab test of what we're missing, maybe what we have too much of, and we're going to amend it, uh, you know, 
appropriately based off of that. Um, and we'll actually continue to do that pretty much every harvest, or if we can, if we can afford to do it every month, we'll do it every, we'll send it out every month so that we can be looking at what we're losing in terms of the mineral content. And we can be replenishing that with top dressings. And know your plant health. Why, exactly. aren't, why aren't they eating or why, wow, they're eating way more than exactly. we thought or exactly. Wow. Yeah. There's, there's not like a, a specific amount, like, you know, in hydroponics, you have kind of like a formula that you can run and it's, it's constantly changing. You know, different strains take up different amount of nutrients, different water. I mean, that's the same with hydroponics, but yeah. in no-till, you know, we're reusing the soil every time. So the trace minerals that we're putting in and the organics alive nutrients that we're putting in are going to be changing every time based on what strains we run. And people think like, oh, they're getting by by not spending as much money. So they want to reuse the soil. No, it's actually getting better. You're, you're, you're after multiple runs, your soil and your food web that that plant feeds off of is getting better and better and better. Is that true? Yeah, definitely. How many, yeah. And, and like some people spend up to a year just to get their soil right. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just takes a lot of time. But with that, we have to be putting in the effort as well to be amending it, to be making sure the worms are happy that they're continuing to compost what we're putting on top. Um, and we'll be uh, shredding our actual cannabis stalk. So when we harvest, we save all the stems and we actually shred them in a shredder and we lay that back on top of the beds as mulch. And our worms will eat the cannabis mulch, like the actual cannabis stalk. And it's just like wood bark. When we shred it, it, it looks just like wood bark, like a normal wood mulch. Um, and so the worms are eating the wood mulch and then turning that into uh, nitrogen worm castings. Yeah, they're um, crazy. We uh, have like 40,000. We start off with like around 40,000 worms per room. And 40,000 worms will create 140 pounds of castings every single month. So like essentially our beds are just pure like castings and rich hummus it's amazing how sick is that you're literally predicting how much will we need and and then you off of each run you're basically then supplementing for the next run okay we need more of this or we need to add more of that or yep and you're I remember, he, you know, RIP Michael Hinden, uh, Modern Epigenetics, because this is how I know about all this, is because I used to get drilled down in my ear about this stuff. And I always found it very interesting. You guys add positive bacteria and positive to, to almost like when the plant's really happy, it doesn't get PM. It doesn't have problems in the room. Even if you do have a swing, it'll react differently. Right. So you're able to control, I mean no-till kings that's for sure i haven't seen any flower organic grown that looks like this for sure i mean beautiful flowers guys appreciate, appreciate that honestly it means a lot we have so many flavors on the table what's crazy is i mean when you think of the concept you think of like it would be you know less dense or le less of things you know what i mean but man these fucking jars are fat juicy sticky nugs and the way it broke down to the way it's burning right now, this is, I can tell it's potent. Hell yeah. And yeah, that's the, the big <laughs> thing that I love with situations like this is that like living soil and different things is that I know done right, it's going to be potent. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that the consumer is chasing potency, especially right now where you see a lot of the same things and it gets a little bit watered down. Yeah. How's it taste? Good? Fucking amazing, bro. Awesome. So pack up smoking 41. It, it's uh like I said, it's potent, packs a punch, the jar is fucking beautiful. And you know, Terse if I just saw a jar that. of this, I would just think definitely organic and I would think done right. You know, like mm -hmm. 
you, you there's when they say like no till or any of these other organic growing styles um we've seen such a wide array of little different nuances yeah. right with the different techniques but you guys i mean if this is what you're doing and this is what is in these Legal jars market. and you're on the market and you have all that going man hats off to you because this is the, i mean these are beautiful I appreciate, appreciate that. that. <laughs> we uh, we don't use any pesticides in our facility whatsoever, even during veg. So we try to keep it as organic as possible. Um, we had like a little bit of a fungus gnat issue because it's, uh, you know, like when you're growing in no-till, you have to keep your medium 60 to 90% moist for the worms because most of their mm -hmm. body weight is in water. Um, <clears throat> and so we actually combated the fungus net issue with putting nematodes, which are microscopic worms into the soil. We use HB and SF nematodes and they'll eat the fungus, uh, net larvae from the inside out, like some straight up alien shit. It's crazy. And Which is important so that they can't hatch because sometimes right, it's 100%. like, oh, it just kills the egg, but it doesn't affect the, the bug inside the egg. It's like, well, what does that do that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There are some yeah. you don't realize with, um, I know is KNF a lot like no-till? I don't know if yeah, it's yeah. similar. So that stands for Korean natural farming. Mm -hmm. And um, KNF is going to be like using IMOs, which is like indigenous microorganisms and using everything that's readily available for you. So technically we're not KNF because mm -hmm. we're outsourcing from like Organics Alive um, and Crescent Soil Services will send us compost and stuff. But true KNF is like being self-sustaining on a farm. And like brewing your own microbes and having everything like in-house. Which a lot of people need to understand takes decades sometimes. Yes. Like, you, <laughs> you know, it's, it's awesome to throw these terms around, but you're talking about someone who's lived on a farm for a decade to get that soil web the way yep. they want it to where they can grow the flowers that actually yield. Because like happy flowers yield a lot of resin, which yield terpenes and which yield structure, which you guys, you can tell like no-till, I'm organic. You usually see dwindly little flowers with a stalk you guys have the opposite bro a lot of these are beautiful this jar um i know we're like nostalgic yes man what is this man yeah. like what we picked up this jar and the only thing that i've seen like this in 15 years with these orange light orange hairs that stick to the bud kind of almost like they're goo like they're glued to the mm -hmm. because of the bud so gooey sativa heavy super like lemony with with like a candy almost yeah. uh what is this jack the that, ripper. yeah so that is the jack the ripper and uh we hunted that from seed we had a couple other phenos that uh we were going through one of them was like real lanky and uh kind of airy this mm, one just man it really kind of hit all the boxes gonna be space queen and, time uh, cinderella night yeah yeah, yeah. r.i.p tjc yeah, passed away this year uh crazy controversial guy you, you but guys might have to rename this one because yeah. like i think jack has that negative connotation of not that great, but this is... Well, it has a connotation dude. for the terpene of like, this ooh, is that's not, train wrecking. Yeah. Just me that, talking like these, these jars, I mean, it just looks like straight homegrown, but like done to the highest tier possible. Yeah. Appreciate this, that. This like, reminds me of Florida Juicy jars, boys. That's Thank appreciate Doesn't that, that remind Thank you a little... Appreciate that, that. Yeah. Juicy Fruit, when you said that, I was like, that I can smell the a, Afghani in it. Yeah. Like, I could see where you would say that like, it's Beautiful. fire. 
You guys we, killed it with I, this. I, know, I hate Jack. Yeah. I like that jar. <laughs> I appreciate awesome. that. You would smoke that. I would smoke that. I actually want to smoke a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Please do. I got yeah, you guys an eighth of it, too. Let's uh, talk about LS1 and, and LS2. Uh, what is that? So, okay, this is a, these are two phenos that we, uh, a couple phenos that we're hunting right now. It's uh, called Larry Strawberry. It's a Bro. mix of uh, Strawberry Shortcake and Mike Larry, um, bred by the Jungle Boys. Shout out JB. Wow. Bro. And look at this. They look beautiful. Uh, definitely very, very, very cool looking. If anyone's ever seen Cataract Kush. Mm. This reminds me of a strain that everybody was after like a decade ago, like literally 10 years ago called Cataract Kush. And it looked like this. It was like, and it, and it was like, people were tripping out. Like, what is this is way before ice cream cake way before, you know, there wasn't yeah. much stuff that looked yeah. like this. Kind of got that. Yeah. It's got that cake look for sure. Bro, the structure on this, you guys, I like that you guys pick some real keepers. That's like yeah, a real keeper right for there. For sure, yeah. You know? we're, we're definitely, uh, yeah, these ones look real nice. We're hunting some other stuff. We got some white widow seeds and uh, some sour diesel seeds we're hunting right now. We're, we want to bring the yeah. old school back. And some northern lights a, we just popped. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. We've I've, dude, I've been trying to hunt a northern lights since the day I started growing. That strain is my all-time favorite, but haven't found a good one yet. Man, that's definitely a tough nostalgic one. one that made some waves and is unique. It's different. It'd be, it'd be good for the rec market too, even though it might produce light. It's done in like 52 to 55 days. You know, from what I remember people even saying like, there's some phenos that are 48 or 50 days, you know, of Northern Lights that were quick, yeah. quick mm -hmm. finishers, neon green skunk bud almost, you know, yeah. like yeah. four yeah. skunk buds, same time. Oh, but yeah, we popped some skunk, uh, skunk seeds too. So. You guys, so you guys, you're big into seed hunting and seeds, oh, yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to try to breed this year if we can. Um, it's just tough. Like we're going to, we so we are licensed obviously we have mm -hmm. a licensed facility we cultivate legally it's been very very tough to get to where we're at um let's and, talk about uh, that yeah, yeah, i heard I, a little I bit of your story get into that. Yeah, yeah yeah well yeah. first let's, let's bring it all the way back yeah yeah what was your first time smoking weed okay yeah i actually vividly remember uh and my homie will be su super hyped that I'm shouting him out. But uh, my friend David, he... Uh, Shout out to David. Yeah, <laughs> right? And he, uh, he called me one day. I was, I was 16 because it was after I got my driver's license. I got my license on my 16th, bir on my 16th birthday. And uh, so I knew it was after that, like a month or two. And he called me and he's like, like, I just got some weed. And uh, he had like a tiny nug and like a little bag and a glass pipe. And we went to his house in his backyard and we like, and we tried smoking it. We did smoke it. And then really nothing happened. But after that, I was very interested because I was just like, like, I want to try something. I actually personally started working when I was 14. So I've been working for a while at a, at this sports place in, uh, in Pacific beach, uh, just after school and then all summer. And then once high school, 14, I was uh, during the week too. And, uh, uh, San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so once I was like, I worked there for two years already, like I had coworkers, some of them smoke weed and I was just like, Hey, you know, can you, can one of you guys get me some weed? And basically one of them did. And then I, I tried it and I was just like, and then I actually got stoned. Like I, I went down to this Canyon up by my house and I smoked, I smoked some weed. And then, uh, I just like drove back home like a minute and then just like chilled out. And I was like, wow, okay. I'm actually like stoned. Like I feel stoned right now. Like first time ever being stoned. And, uh, after that, I basically, it was just like a slow progress. So I was 16, maybe 16 and a half. And I would, 
I had a couple friends at school that that started to smoke, uh, and it was just a real slow process. I like I, I got you know I started by a little more eighth quarter ounce, and then you know I'd find new strains. And from sixteen to seventeen, I was just like trying to find like homies that I could buy weed through, basically any uh, type of weed. Yeah, and any type of weed. I was looking for like stuff that was good, but there are times where it was just absolute terrible dry awful shit that like i just bought and i was like oh shit like i'm gonna have to roll some joints and like sell these to people um but uh when do you start seeing plants so where'd you go from there once i turned 17 i actually got my medical card because i had been working for so long i i like i asked my mom can i just get a medical card and because I was like, I just want to smoke weed legally. And my parents let me. Uh, my dad said he actually knew I was smoking weed because he smelled it in like the van that I was driving, like like their minivan. And uh, but he never said anything. Um, and so I actually got my medical card. We Skyped the doctor from like a, a weird little medical doctor place. And pretty rigorous process yep. so. that's super caliber yeah. right. and, uh, the guy looks like he's been on the grateful dead tour yeah. he's like hold on one second he's like putting his hair back and it's all gray now i've already every year it's like hey doctor uh you know doctor dude yeah yeah exactly <laughs> the 420 doctors yeah. in venice yeah and and so so you pass the so, test yeah yeah so i skyped the doctor uh anxiety and insomnia um got the medical everyone you know of course um nice prescription of some og yep (laughs) and so at that time though i was 17 and i couldn't like i was not really able to go to a shop at the time at least because they were all like if i had told them they were like checking if you were 18 or not basically but weirdly enough at the actual uh medical like doctor place i met this guy there who was like a grower out in spring valley and uh so he sold me some weed he sold me like a quarter ounce and it was in good the it was a like, lot right there or like yeah, later uh, actually i like what happened was i called the medical place because it was run by this crazy like this crazy chick that like and uh and she gave me this guy's number and so i called him and he was like yeah i'm still down here and so i drove back down to pb and I, I met him a lot and he like filled up a cigarette, uh, a cigarette box. And it was like, he just like stuffed it. And here's the roughly a, a quarter. <laughs> yeah. yeah man. Right? And uh, it was good. Like he actually grew it. And so he was growing out in Spring Valley. And so that was the first time that I ever saw plants was at this guy's place. Cause I went there and trimmed for him when I was 17 and I learned how to trim basically. What'd you think of it when you're there? I mean, I love it. Type, I was just, what type of grow was it? It was just all outdoor at, in like these planter boxes. He was growing in soil. He was using some nutrients or making some compost or something. This dude was like this like 50 year old, like crazy white guy. And it was at his mom's house. His mom was like 85. It was a weird situation. Yeah, and there was another <laughs> roommate there who was, who was like 25 helping grow. Um, and so... Basically, we were just trimming, you know, I trimmed for weed. Uh, like I went there, trimmed, got weed. It was great. And uh, I, I learned a lot. Uh, I learned how to just make like water hash too, basic water hash. Um, and I was just trimming weed. But I didn't really learn anything about growing. I didn't really ask. And then when I was 17 uh, at school, one day I actually got in, like the, when I first started looking up how to grow personally, 
I was 17 and I like got in trouble at school because I was leaving early to go to work because I had like a free period, but they wouldn't let uh, juniors in high school leave. They wouldn't let them leave school early. Um, and so like I just kept doing it. And then the guy was like, hey, well, all right, you're just going to get like a lunch detention or whatever. And then I was just sitting there and I started Googling like how to grow weed, like how to grow cannabis. And I just kept looking it up because I had some seeds like I had like bag seed that I'd just been collecting for a while. Um, and so I knew how to germinate stuff because I just like I just knew how from when I was young, my grandpa taught me with like acorns. And uh, and so I knew how to germinate seeds. So I would germinate them. Uh, this is like halfway through junior year. I'm like 17 and a half and I, I'm germinating these seeds. Uh, my parents know I smoke weed. They're letting me try some plants out in the backyard. I can grow six, right? Or 12 immature technically. Um, and I'm germinating these seeds. I'm growing the plants and I grow like 15 or 20 plants and every single one just somehow it dies, fails, something happens. It doesn't grow buds. That's for sure. Like it's just growing, it's just growing like branches. And I'm just like, like what's going on? Like why are these bad seeds? Mm -hmm. Like wrong time of the year. I don't know what's going on. And then I remember I had like, after I tried a lot, I had like three plants I were growing that were like started sprouting. They were like throwing all this dust everywhere. And I'm just like, what, what is this? This, this, these aren't buds. And it's just like throwing pollen on the leaves. I'm like, uh, oh, and then I realized that they're males. Eventually I cut them all down, but that's, I mean, those are the only plants I had that I was just growing males. And so I cut all those down. And then eventually I went to a store in in Pacific beach, uh, by this time, I'm still 17, but I realized that I can just go into a shop, pretend like they're not looking at my age. I, I realized at a certain point that if I have a medical card, they're not looking at my age because I have a medical card. Like, obviously, mm. I'm allowed to go there. Like, right. So I, I go to a shop. Uh, there's like one on every corner in Garnet. It was a beautiful time. Uh, and they they're selling clones and so i buy three clones that are female and i'm like wow so those are the first plants i ever flowered successfully and i did it like i did it i put them out in like june and they grew to maybe three feet outside uh and they were real fire but uh the about like a week or two before i was going to harvest i'm looking at all the buds and this is my first ever real harvest i have uh i have like four plants and maybe three actually two sfes and one master kush actually it was three and i'm looking at the plants about two weeks before before harvest and there's just caterpillars in the buds (laughs) all in the buds and this is my first time ever experience with it and i'm freaking out and i run to the hydro store and i get uh i get some supposedly organic caterpillar killer whatever and I mix it up and I'm spraying the plants and picking them off. And it, like they do, like I get rid of them. I, I end up harvesting the plants and, and it ends up being like a really, you know, like as good as I've ever grown, obviously the first time, but it smoked nice. Um, and it that was good. like the first time. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it, huh? it, it, it smelled like OG. Definitely. Like the, the, they were good cuts. How they long said, ago was this? This was uh, in like 2013, like the summer of 2013. Yeah, uh, nine years. Yeah, yeah, man, it's um, awesome. And and like most people wouldn't. Uh, it, it, like it's funny when you have a passion, right? They would after like the first or ten dead plants, they would have been like, "I'm just gonna go make a go kart." If if that's not what you're into, right? It's like passion prevails almost. You just kept at it. It's like keep going back to that same thing. Like oh, I'm gonna figure this out. Actually, you know, was it like that for you? Oh, 
Yeah. Um, well, I was just obsessed with the plant. Like I grew up a misfit, like skater, huge skate rat, like always at the skate park. So I was introduced to it pretty young. Um, I was always like the odd kid. Like I would show up to the skate park with like full like pads and helmet and shit. Um, and so like when I was like 12, I, uh, I actually started selling weed before I ever smoked it. Cause I wanted the older guys to like me. And uh, I would I would lose money. <laughs> I was a horrible business yeah. person. I'd just be like, they loved you. Oh, they loved me. You succeeded yeah. though. You were trying to get them to like you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like this kid's the shit. Yeah, <laughs> this little twelve year old's got yeah, fire. Bread. Yeah. Need some more, buddy. Yeah. Oh, that's um, that's classic, bro. Yeah. So I actually was doing that before, um, and then like one day. I was with, uh, I don't remember like the first time I ever like puffed tree, but the first time that I ever got high was on my, uh, on my friend's balcony, shout out Kevin and Chase. (laughs) And, uh, oh my God, Jake knows this story. Um, but I, (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah, we, we, so I was probably like, yeah, I was probably, we, we go way back. We've been friends since fifth grade. So that's dope. So you're from SD down there? Yeah. Yeah. I'm from San Diego as well. But, um, yeah, so it, like Kevin (laughs) lived right across the street from the skate park and, uh, we had this like soda can, you know, Diet Coke and poked the hole in it. Oh. And we were all just passing it around, dude. So like even back then I knew that shit was toxic. Like just the paint <laughs> getting burned away, man. That like, red can. Oh, uh, yeah. Horrible. Imagine Reggie out of that, though. Like <sighs> stress, you know, brickweed. Yeah. No, I think you, I think you like Skype me, right? We're like on like computers to Skype me. Yeah. Well, la- <laughs> later. So, so I like. Instant messenger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Well, so we. I was on the balcony with them and like I had tried smoking weed a couple of times. You know how it is sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was a few times later. And uh, <laughs> and uh, they were like, all right, we're like, we're high. We're going to go inside because they had been smoking for a while. Um, I think I was like 12 or 13. <laughs> and uh, I was like, all right, I need to get high this time. So I just kept at it, Damn. like kept smoking. I think I had like two more like soda can bowls or whatever. <laughs> um, and I got so lit dude i started freaking out <laughs> like no chill dude like fucking no chill i was like going inside i was screaming i was like yo like i'm so fucking high like <laughs> being that dude right like that dude that no one wants to smoke with and then I, yeah and then i end up actually like calling my mom and ratting on myself i'm like yo like i'm super high like i need to get picked up right now and she's like what so she comes over um she was super chill though she like was always like, you know, if you ever do drugs or whatever, call me and like, I'll pick you up. So I had that in the back of my mind, but, um, my friends were obviously freaking out. They like kicked me out the house. They were like, don't fuck out. Your mom's here. Get out of here. Yeah. 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 yeah they, They're like, fucking never invite him again. Man. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, dude, I didn't hear the end of this all throughout <laughs> high school, bro. <laughs> you weren't allowed over at anyone's house. Yeah. yeah that's, that's funny. Straight, straight that's up. funny. Oh, fuck. and my mom picked me up and I just remember eating a bunch of tangerines, um, like not even peeling them, just being like super paranoid. And then, yeah, I actually Skyped Jake. Um, and I was like, yo, I'm super stoned right now. It's crazy uh, when I started calming oh. down. Um, but yeah, we've been friends since, <laughs> yeah, since fifth grade. What's since your we recollection grown. of that? 
He did Skype me, yeah, and he shows me. He like holds this little red like you know pop top tube, and there's like a long stem with like a tiny bud. I'm like, I, yeah, we were young, like yeah, twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. So like that was like four years before I smoked weed, and so I'm like, is that? that weed like what are you doing like yeah. like i thought we were just skating you know <laughs> san diego starts early san diego's uh, they get introduced early down there there's and, a lot uh, of weed down there and then yeah, yeah no and he was like yeah like i'm super like super baked and i just told my mom and then and i was just like what and then uh, yeah it was just so ridiculous. so where does the passion start for growing and then how does it get into organic growing because now you're taking on uh, like double the workload i would say yeah so for me um it was like following that story um i was just becoming like super rebellious in high school um started smoking weed like a lot more um, and my mom, you know, ran out of like, call me when you're high. She was like, all right, you're fucking up. You're smoking way too much weed. My friends, uh, you know, I never ratted them just myself, uh, but, uh, they eventually started smoking with me again and I was just smoking all the time. So I actually got sent away for smoking weed. Like my parents were like, we've had enough, like you're failing in school. You're not showing up to class. Like you're just skating and smoking. Um, so they actually sent me to this, like, uh, gardening rehab retreat or whatever. And it's so funny because I got sent away there, uh, for smoking weed, but all we did was garden. We weren't like allowed to talk to anyone or anything. And we just did like organic gardening. And that's when like, I've always been able to adapt in situations when I've been putting them. And so I was there and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna like learn about this shit. And I really like fell in love with gardening through that. I mean, we were doing like pineapple plants and banana plants and shit like that, you know, not growing weed. Oh, that's but cool though. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was not a good time, but like I made it a good time. Um, and then after that, um, I was like, came back and uh, I went to boarding school and just uh, got drug tested all throughout. And um, then as soon as I turned 18, I started growing a plant because I just like made a pact to myself that when I was in that like rehab place that, uh, you know, I was going to grow weed for a living. So then you guys basically say the rec, you guys have been doing your thing cultivating were you guys cultivating organically before it went wreck so yeah well so when i started cultivating like so i was 17 growing out at my parents house so i had a couple harvests the harvest of that year harvested the following year just like small personal just to smoke kind of try to get better a bit i've always grown in soil um but when i first started i was growing in soil like uh just an organic mix of soil from mm -hmm. the hydro store and then i was using the regular hydroponic nutrient just a supplement. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even really understand what I was doing, at least the first probably year, like the first summer that I was growing when I was trying to mix or it, it was just not, I mean, I was just using regular basic veg bloom, uh, not, not shout out them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but there like it, it was fine, but I didn't even understand like the difference of veg and blooming because I was outside like I at that point I had never grown inside like under a light and so I'm just using my outside light and we only had the sun from a, like maybe like nine or eight in some areas until depending on the time like two maybe four in other areas but like the plants were on a line so like some of them would uh some of them would get you know more light than others and that's what I was trying to understand growing outdoors 
what do you need? Like, how do you actually grow outdoors? And, uh, and so after growing, you know, just in regular soil, we, we learned about living soil from this guy called mountain organics. Shout out mountain organics. He's, a uh, he's like one of the Kings of no-till. Clackamas coot. Yeah. Isn't yeah. That the, yeah. He looks up to him a lot. That whole thing. Yeah. 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 I'm a big fan of those guys, man. I'm a big fan of all that. Like get into the, keep going. Yeah. Huge. Well, so, so we look up to the, to them a lot. And, uh, and he, you know, he puts out so much information just on how to, on how to do everything. Like in he gives in, away secrets yeah, yes. uh, yeah. in, in terms of farming and living soil, farming, no-till. Um, and that's everything that we're about, you know, like we, we buy products from him, the, like all of our foliar sprays, like we don't use any pesticides. We use mountain organics foliars, yeah. uh, like Tonics. his, his yep. is 100% organic. Like he, he drinks it sometimes, I think. Yeah. How cool uh, is that? You could, he actually, a lot of these guys will be like, if you, if you, why would you give us your plant if you can't? And they'll straight drink the nutrients that they give their plant. That's how organic it is. It's just essential oils. Fucking yeah. dope, pretty organic. Dude. <laughs> yeah. It's don't just a, it's, it's organic, just such a right? dope. It's a, such an in-depth process. You guys take on so much extra process to make sure the product is where it needs to be and like just keep going, man. That's what we're, I'm I'm loving it. So mountain so you 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 find these guys online and you start to be yeah. like holy so, shit there's this whole other side of the cannabis industry. Yeah. That and is so, deep. Yeah, exactly. And and so I was like, we're, I was 18 at the time and I, uh, I started, uh, eventually started working with the shop in, uh, in San Diego. And, uh, one of the guys there told me about mountain organics and, and I looked him up and we had actually gotten his flower like once, maybe twice. It was, uh, it was like his gonzo and oh, the purple yeah. gonzo and, uh, the J one. Um, that was some of like some of his original stuff he was cultivating and it was just wild, like wild, cool flower. And I like I had never seen anything like it ever. Um, and so it was just it was just like, wow, this is this is unique. And and then also the fact that he was never throwing away his soil. We were just like amazed by that. We're like, what? Like every time I saw his his stuff that he was posting about, uh, I was just like, how? how is this how are you doing this like how are you cutting the stalk leaving the roots replanting next to it in the same body of soil for like 20 cycles um crazy yeah it's crazy like it's it really is crazy even for growers you're like wow really yeah. like it's it's like mind-bending it, it just shows you how amazing nature is 100 and so you fell in the rabbit hole yeah, basically. And actually I I told him about yeah. it. And so like he did it, he tried it before me because I was just still growing. I was in the middle of like a, like a small, like, you know, six plant outdoor and I was just growing in soil and I, and I didn't really want to go down the whole thing yet, but I was really interested. Like, like I was so interested and I was super informed. I just didn't want to, I don't know why I didn't want to do it yet, but I just didn't. Well, you were working at the time and you had yeah, your own. True plants and um, timing's everything too right. i was focused on beating the caterpillars so i was building a <laughs> net and like you know so, so you jumped in a little bit sooner yeah when yeah. you came back um how long were you doing your thing to when you started doing your thing and then you guys kind of got together yeah so we, we've been homies through skateboarding all up you know since fifth grade like i said and uh Jake had been growing and smoking uh, while I was away. And uh, then when I was 18, I could finally like smoke and grow again. 
Yeah. And that's when, yeah, he came with me on my 18th birthday, got a medical card. That's um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we got some fire and, and that's <laughs> when he was like, yo, check this guy, like mountain organics out. Um, and I was just completely fascinated with like all the worms and like shit was moving around in the soil. And I was just like, yo, I have to have to try this. I had a couple grows before that. Um, you know, they just caterpillar shit everywhere <laughs> just they were falling out during while i was drying like i smoked it anyways but yeah. but uh yes yeah, so I, 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 I just uh <laughs> i deep dove into it uh, i was going up to college in santa barbara and i grew on my balcony um in like this greenhouse i did like my own light depth greenhouse where i would pull this black tarp over the greenhouse each night i wouldn't go to any parties nothing i would always have to be home like when the sun came down put the tarp over turn the hps on like make sure that it's getting that 18 6 and then eventually 12 12 so and when we say greenhouse like i don't know if cameras can see this table like the whole thing but one at less than one of these tables yeah it was like of a, a greenhouse it was an amazon like <laughs> it was like a three shit. or four by four yeah, yeah. about 120 like degrees in there yeah yeah, yeah exactly so, and yeah. it was awesome though it was it came out pretty good yeah, so nice. and, that, and then yeah. you chopped your plants right what yeah. sorry oh no and the clones are coming from like uh, dispensaries and stuff still? So I actually popped um, some BC Bud Depot um, seeds. I popped uh, original blueberry. Like that pheno was Damn. fire. It, it was purple. Yeah. It was, yeah. It, everything was seed grown. So like we didn't have any clones or anything at yeah, the time. Yeah, I didn't know how to clone um, yet. And then, and this was like the first actual going to be his first good harvest. Because he was like on it with the timer and the light. And it looked like light dip, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so... I actually like remember what you know called me we did the to, how to dry it properly and everything yeah. and so he like put it in a closet and we tried to get it as cold as we could and he and, drove up from yeah. san diego to help me trim yeah Damn, santa, barbara. santa barbara yeah yeah it was, dope. It was cool we've, we've been at it a while together yeah. that so was like, that kind of like sparked the whole yo we should do this yeah basically was, yeah. yeah that was santa like barbara. my first uh so i was like uh after high school i went to san diego state for one semester and I, I was gonna like get go get a business degree or something. Um, and I had known though that like I've wanted to be in the cannabis industry since I was basically a junior in high school when I was 17. I was just like, like I, I just knew that cannabis is going somewhere, it's gonna be legal. Like, I had a feeling that, uh, and this was 2013, I had a feeling at some point it was gonna become federally or sorry, at least it was gonna become legal in California, like recreationally. Um, maybe hopefully, you know, federally one day. Um, but I, I just had a feeling and eventually 2016 rolls around, it does become recreationally legal in California. And by that time, you know, I've been working in like, uh, at shops and all that and, you know, going through that in, uh, in like Pacific beach. And it was just a crazy time. Then there were so many shops like getting popped up, like left and right hit two weeks or they're, they're popped up next the same day, you mm -hmm. know? Um, I mean, it's, and it still happens up here, obviously. Yeah. Big shout out Premier SD. Big shout out <laughs> <laughs> all the homies that used to, to really prop 215 days, man. It San Diego a, rocks hard with yeah, good weed. Yeah. Oh, they do. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so it was just, I mean, it was a, like, it was really crazy. Like on Maine Garnett, like actually advertising it, like really weed shops selling drinks and like everyone, like it was just a wild, really, it was wild. And the it was events awesome. were yeah. cool. Yeah, the events were yeah. awesome. The cannabis cups, everything was so cool in the problem. I mean, it was mm -hmm. just everything was cool. Great um, days, man. But uh 
but yeah, so we just, you know, we, we basically started like after kind of trimming, going through that, we, that was, I think right around 20, uh, 2015 actually. So it still hadn't gone recreational yet. Um, you were down at the shop in, in yeah, San yeah, Diego. Yeah. And so it's so, still building. It's still building. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah we're yeah. still like, we don't really know what's going on yet. Like, yeah. Because we want to, the goal is to get licensed. Like mm-hmm. we, like I, I work with, you know, like done on all the prop 215 cultivations where it's, you know, obviously not legit. Uh, and it's just, we definitely wanted to get away from that as soon as we could um yeah so the way it kind of the way we kind of linked up is after that time that i grew that plant in santa barbara he was working down at the shop and uh, i brought the weed down to the shop and they you know everyone was like oh this is like pretty fire like keep growing and you know (laughs) i was just obsessed with it jake was growing his plants at the time and uh, the shop actually had a a grow spot that we would kind of help out with and they were growing in cocoa and stuff and we were doing our own thing um and then it got to the point that i was just like driving back from santa barbara and san diego like once a week um and we actually we uh started cultivating for the shop just him and i on this piece of land um outdoor like hoop house style um and i was just like driving to and from um and it just got to the point where i was just like telling my parents like i'm gonna drop out of college like this is gonna go legal like we did it we did the whole you know for the patients like had all the paperwork posted Mm -hmm. to the greenhouse um but one day we were just uh gardening the plants were huge man just like awesome like not quite humble style trees but they were they were big and uh we heard this helicopter over and uh we ducked under the plants and they were just circling and we were like fuck that's awesome that the plants were big enough that you could even duck under them yeah first of yeah, all yeah but for, yeah and um, so they had seen it or they had at least scoped it out before so they start circling you're like oh shit i hear them they and you know you're like oh fuck they're right over us yeah. and they keep staying over yeah. us we knew exactly what it was a blacked out chopper. Yeah. We were like, and uh, we were just like, fuck. But then they, they went away and we were like, <laughs> that's when it gets real scary. Whoa, we didn't know at the time. We were naive, man. So we were, we're just like, like, yeah. You're like, we're good, bro. Yeah, we're like, oh shit, we dodged a bullet. Meanwhile, those guys are like 52 degrees north, 37 <laughs> yeah. degrees south. Yeah, right? Like, There's two guys that are underneath the northern lights number two plant. Yeah. Two bales. Oh, we got yeah. them on the thermal cam. They're Idiots in the reservoir. Athena nutrients, cost-effective plant fertilizers, and pest control built and tested by legacy growers in California. For more information on Athena, go to athenaag.com or follow Athena on Instagram, at athena.ag. We'll see you there. Hello guys, Alex here, owner of Mango Tech Store. We are the house of Trollmaster. We are the house of ThinkPro. Whether you're growing commercially, growing at home, or growing in a tent, we got you. Come see us, we got the best pricing, best customer support, nobody can beat us. Mango Tech. Like I said before, with the House of Trollmaster and with the House of Think Club, got the new lifters in-house. Order up. Yeah, yeah, but and thank so, God, man, like, we weren't there. We there were doing a lot of people like that in San Diego for a little bit, though. Yeah. yeah. I remember hearing about we those. We had all the Prop 215 paperwork Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it that says like and it was all like up everything to the t as much as we could at that time 
where it's like at that time, you, like patients at shops could sign something saying that they're giving the shop the right to cultivate X amount of plants on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And so like we did that for like a bunch of patients. And so we can grow up to whatever our own plants. We had like a hundred or we had like 68 maybe. And and it's crazy because um, the lawyer's telling yeah. you like, you're good with this. This should be good. Yeah. And you're, and you're in the state saying, well, here's how, if you're going to do it, this is how we want you to do it. Where basically, and just to go over, cause a lot of people might not know if you can't cultivate your own plants, you can assign someone to cultivate your plants for you because you're right. allotted a certain amount here in California. It's a right yeah, as right. a medical patient. So instead of them cultivating, they can say, we want the no-till guys to cultivate for us, you know, before you were no-till. And then you're able to do their eight plants times a hundred patients. Well, then you would have all these forms of all your patients with their phone numbers, their records, why they have their medical. And you would have that posted at the front of the grow so that God forbid the cops do come or there's an issue they can basically show okay well it's eight plants per person 300 people here's the grow but like most of us know that never works out like how we want it to go (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah. it uh it did not work out um what happened we had all that posted well basically they came back or was that day or thank god just like i don't even know we're just so lucky like so we work very hard but we're really lucky um and <clears throat> I mean, it wouldn't have really mattered anyway. It would have just been a really bad day for us, you know. But like, we weren't there, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came, cut everything down, took it all, had a heyday. I don't know. I don't know how they did it. I don't know what kind of ruckus they made. I'm sure our neighbors were like, I don't even. Well, know. it was it was crazy. Like the the helicopter had left, and we thought we were all this good. Is like a like, month. Of, yeah, the, I yeah. mean, there, there were multiple helicopter. Events. But the one that was circling yeah. us that we ducked under the plants, that was the one that we <laughs> we thought we dodged a bullet. We come back to our property and our first thought was that someone had broken mm-hmm. in because shit was just busted open. And we had like a really long driveway. And yeah. uh, so we went up the driveway and just everything was busted and all the plants were gone. We and started we freaking out. We actually drove up out. at night. And we saw the gate propped open and we just like drove up and turned around and left. Yeah, because you think someone's like, up there robbing the spot. Yeah. You don't want to get in a firefight or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we just left. And then we're just like, oh, fuck. Like, this is not good. Like, the gate's mm-hmm. open. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then all of our paperwork that was posted to the greenhouse was just thrown in the dirt. Oh, man. You know, and there was a note left. From the DEA and the NTF just saying, you know, however much our plant count was, it was like 68 yeah, or something well, like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, Wasn't and, good, uh, basically. It, yeah, it was not good. And, uh, you know, we lost uh, all, all the clones that was given to us was from that shop. And so, you know, we felt really bad that we kind of like let the shop down, let all the patients down. Um, it was like two weeks away from harvest, too. Ooh. So it was devastating. Yeah, it was... We lost a lot of money there. That one hurt for sure. But very, very lucky and very thankful that we weren't there. Um, you know, who knows what a, you know. Very lucky you're not there. And and in those are the times that lead to like, this is why I want to be legal, man. I don't want to yeah. go through this shit. Cause like you start to love this this lifestyle and this passion that you guys are building, right? Of this out organic, this outdoor, this this months of work, and it can yeah. all be taken away from you in a drop right. of a dime. And you're like, how do I get around that? Yeah, exactly. That's and like, so going legal, like, I mean, in the back of my mind, I've always wanted to like, especially just every time driving up, 
doing what we were doing. It's just like, oh, fuck, it's today the day, you know what I mean? Um, and you just, you're always unsettled. Like, it's always unsettling. Like, sure. it's never, it's never comfortable. Um, and we just wanted to get to a comfortable point where it's like, the city is cool with what we're doing. And we've learned so much just getting licensed, going through the whole process. I would like to talk about yeah. that. I was about to say, I, you didn't yeah. realize how hard it was going to be. No, huh? no. We had so no let's idea. talk about that. And so basically, after all this situation happened, uh, I would just work for a while, help kind of run the shop and stuff. And like eventually, long, long story with the shop, like we have falling out like everyone does with the shop because like they're, I was young. I, they were taking advantage of me, like asking me for money to buy packs because He's throwing all the money away and just just crazy. Um, and so basically, 2016 election night, it gets past that California's going to uh, legalize cannabis for recreational use. Mm -hmm. Now, that seems awesome, great. Nothing really changes right away. But on that day, I met somebody that uh, I met a cannabis realtor. And we had a lot, we're not going to talk about that, but we had a long falling out, you know, you know how the whole real estate with the cannabis guys and everyone's selling you, everyone's selling you a million dollar facility that doesn't produce anything Yeah, that they, that they don't even know how to get licensed. Some of these real estate guys want like a percentage of the business too. It's all kinds of wacky shit. Yeah. yeah. It was super whack and, uh, and it just was not, it was just super whack mm -hmm. and like it started out good and it just turned not good basically. Um, but in that time I was just learning, like I traveled all around the state of California looking, like, where could we get a building? Could we lease one? Could we figure out how to buy one? Could we like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Are we even going to do this? You know what I mean? And it took almost an entire year to actually find a building yeah. that we could, that we could do what we're trying to do at. Um, and in this whole Sonoma, time, Calexico. yeah, yeah, I flew to Sonoma. So you're willing to move um, anywhere in the state anywhere, for the anywhere. right opportunity. God, God, wow, go out there, like yeah. yeah. We're yeah. looking at those Calexico. That yeah. shit's hot. As it's fuck. so hot. Cathedral City, and I mean, in the middle honestly, of nowhere. Too, yeah, you have to hire from that community too, which is I'm just saying you're 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 basically rehiring people who have already worked at other facilities. Right. I mean, it's just yeah. there's so many pitfalls when you oh, go yeah. into this small town to try to have a big grow. Hundred percent, not happening. Yeah, and so. So basically, I'm like, we're, we're looking around, trying to figure out, like, and we're looking at any size. I'm looking at, like, 1,000 square foot buildings and 6,000 square foot, 10,000 square foot, like, you name it, weird attic, old shacks, like, anything. And it's just, like, like is it in the zone? Like, how, you know, is it is it the, is the city going to allow this? The real, ah, oh, well, you know, got to go check with the city, got to go figure that out. Yeah, I mean, it says that it's in the zone. Um, what does that mean? Are, are they actually allowing an unlimited amount of licenses in that area or are they not? And all of these things. And so after just like a bunch of, bunch of shit and like almost getting the wrong building and then finally like it's just too many things and not working out. Um, we find this other place and we're in Long Beach. So after everything, we kind of settle on Long Beach because we're looking at like we learn partway through that uh that long beach has no cap on on like are they only they're only capping retail licenses in long beach so but but there's also a zone like th there is a finite amount there is a cap because of the amount of real estate in the actual zone that you can uh 
that you can uh, like actually operate, but they're not actually capping. Like the, they're not saying, Hey, there can only be 50 cultivations. Like if, if you want to do the work and find the, and you're in the zone and get the license, like we'll grant you a license. And so we learned that really what it comes down to is the, the local city that you're operating in has to allow the operation you're trying to operate. The state overall has a licensing system and <clears throat> this is something that took a long time for us to like, for me to learn and figure out. And basically when we figure out that Long Beach is going to license us, when we start, they're only licensing medical operations. Um, and so this is in 2017. Um, and so we're, we're, we're looking at Long Beach, figuring out, we, we find a building, we actually are, are, are able to secure a building and now we have to figure out how to build it out. Now we have to get our local license. And so to get the local license, we had this lawyer in San Diego that was basically helping us kind of go through the ropes to get our, our first local license. But that, and that's all that we really paid them for. And so we go through all of this stuff. It's really mostly like them kind of just helping you do the work really because you still have to do it all like it all has to be in your name you got to fill it out you got to go deliver it to the city personally because for cannabis they want you to personally be there and so the lawyer really kind of helped us piece it together and put it in a binder really and so but we thank them for their help and um yeah you know and they uh, thank you for that money exactly. yes oh, they really <laughs> thank us for the money yeah yeah yo i'm here at grow generation and what do they have one of our sponsors lux lighting the highest quality components designed in Los Angeles and distributed globally. Go to luxlighting.com to find out more and find out what all the big grows and all the pros are using to grow. Hey, so we want to give a major shout out to a premier sponsor of the show, CanFan. We've been rocking with CanFan since the beginning of this thing. I remember when Blackleaf came to me and said, hey, when you're smoking inside, you should really hook up a CanFan. CanFan with a CanFan fan and then a controller to control that fan. So when you're smoking, light up, boom, cut the fan on. You don't piss your neighbors off, keep everything kosher. And I know that Blackleaf only found that out because of one reason. I mean, essential in smoke rooms, essential in grow rooms, same thing, we're killing smell. Can filters, can fans. The product line is essential in any grow room. We've been rocking it for a decade plus. First smoke of the day, can filters, family. So, so basically we get our license or, or sorry we we get all of our application together to apply for a city license now what we don't really realize is that we also need to simultaneously get the building permit for the whole build out and so we're working on that too and we were referred to this architect who it it was just a real shit show but we got it, like we got it done. I had to go to every plan check meeting and I was very involved with the engineering just to get the the AC, the electrical. Like I, I actually personally built the facility from the ground up. Whole and, time you're paying mortgage yeah. or rent, vice versa, whatever you're, yeah. Yeah, and and we're so we're trying to do it as fast as we can. And we're also trying to finalize our city license because they say, once you apply and get everything, it's like, yeah, you're probably gonna get it at the end. Like, but you got to do everything else first. Like you don't actually get to operate until your whole building is built out. So you apply for your license, but you also have to in that in your license application process is going through the building, going through like 
the fire and getting all your building permits and everything. And so when we're doing all that, we're trying to get all the documents together for the, for the city license, which we had all that together. So that, that was good. And so once we're getting all the building permit together, we now are trying to get our state license. And the thing that we finally come to realize is that in order to operate, the city has to allow what you're trying to do first and foremost. Then the state is going to, if the city is going to allow the operation you're trying to operate, the state will grant you a license. You still have to go through the whole process and it's rigorous. It takes a lot of time. But all it comes down to is the local audit is the local jurisdiction allowing what you're doing. Because, and, and that's why a lot of places are banned in California. There's a lot of cities or counties that just don't allow it. Like San Diego County does not allow cultivation in the unincorporated county. And so people still get raided because they're not, because the local jurisdiction is not allowing what they're doing. Yeah, but, Riverside, so many hor- exactly. great areas. <clears throat> and, and some are starting to get licensing processes. And it, there's a lot of cities in San Diego, like Lemon Grove licenses and Chula Vista licenses and uh, Vista licenses and Imperial Beach. They have a licensing process now. And so all of these cities are, are starting to pass ordinances to license businesses because they realize the tax revenue is enormous. And if you're going to like it, there's just it makes no sense to make it to make it illegal because it's going to happen no matter what. Why not make it legal? Um, and so in coming to finally understand the whole process of how things work, that the local jurisdiction has to allow what you're doing. Then you can then you can get a state license, but you just have to go through all the background checks and you got to apply for everything and do all the site plans, the cultivation plans and and everything that goes with getting getting the license. And uh, it just takes a lot of time. And at that time, we didn't even know, like, if we're going to get it like we were just still hoping we're like, ah, shit, like we were building this whole facility. Uh, we don't we don't have a license yet. Like. I mean, because they won't give it to you in an yeah, expensive city to yeah, do it like too. The state, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, well, so Long Beach is not cheap, right? And so, no. The other challenge too was that the the state was taking like six or eight months at that time to process licenses, and so we had submit everything. It goes through scientific review. We wait. They kind of they'll come back and say, "Hey, your cultivation plan is missing something. Like you're missing." A holding area or you're missing this or that or you didn't label the amount of watts per square foot you're gonna cultivate it or something like that it could be as um, small as your opening for your door your bathroom is not wide enough it could be yeah. it's small stuff yeah. yeah and so with like the state side on their on their scientific review it just took a long time initially and we had to we actually got a temporary license which was the first license they were issuing and but we weren't even ready to cultivate but the reason that we got like we had to get it was because they were there was like a time where if you didn't get one, they they weren't going to issue them anymore, basically. So we had to we had to scramble to just like get everything in so that we could even just get a temporary license or be be uh, like like looked at for one. Um, so this, this is like over like how long does it take for you to when you when you start to say I want to get a license to when you actually can start cultivating weed? Oh, uh, yeah, two years. yeah. Two years. And for us, our experience was like, well, hang on, 18, 19. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two years and like wow. two months. And Dude. I want to shout out Jake because he, after that first lawyer initially helped us, we didn't have, I mean, they're 
fucking expensive, as everyone knows. We didn't have the money to pay for the lawyers, so Jake deep dived and you know did all the paperwork. Was there at every city council meeting? He got he pulled the licenses for us single handedly. I mean, he is. I just respect this guy so much. He also. Like when he says he built the facility, he's literally installing the doors, putting together like the seams, everything, the walls, the floor, building the walls, mm-hmm. the ceilings, um, sanding the concrete. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm so lucky to be in business with this guy. I mean, he he kills it. He's a uh, mad respect. Appreciate too. it. Stoked to hear monster. that, man. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. And it's dope to hear Jay, that partnership. Throw, throw that roach in the ashtray, yeah. man. We'll roll you another one, big dog. And, I mean, it's dope to hear that passion and pa- and so this time though, when you guys are starting, are you like we're already going to do no till? Was that already on the yeah. table? Yeah. So you already knew going in, like yeah. this is what we're going to do. This is this is how we're different, and this is what we are about. Hundred percent, because we are such a small cultivation and had such a small area to go. We're like, well, we love to grow in no till. We think it's a really cool product to maximize terpene profile and just the style of growing. Um, and we knew we had to be different at mm-hmm. this stage in the game. Like people were like, oh, well, it just went legal. Like it's like, no, no, no. People got, people got years. And, you know, so, uh, yeah, we knew we had to be different. And so with no-till, instead of having trays, you guys end up having to do beds. Yeah. yeah. So the amount of work to empty out soil beds, which I'm not saying you have to do every, but just the amount of work mm. that goes into this no-till and then to go into soil beds in, an, in, in a commercial facility, people need to know, like you're asking for so much more work. There's so much more passion, in my opinion, not say more passion goes behind it, but in your head, you're like, all right, we're going to do double the work to make sure this product is, is as good, but we, you believe in organic. That's obviously the backbone of this. 100%. Yeah. With your testing, now that you're having to test terpenes and THC and stuff like that, are you getting some of the results you want? So, so I mean, like, uh, it, it really varies. So mm-hmm. we've had some really high testing stuff. And we've also had, like, stuff that tests uh, arguably lower, I guess. It's uh, tough to, I guess, yeah. ensure in the and testing so, facility, too. Exactly, you know. exactly. And so, like, for example, let's say, like, the Gelato 41... I think it probably varies between 24 and like 26% roughly. Um, but it smokes super heavy. Like this will probably get you more, like you'll have a better feeling, a better experience smoking it than maybe a much higher percentage flower that may, that might not have much flavor. Um, and like the Jack, I think only tests sometimes between like 21, 21 and 23% THC, Crazy. but it's like, it's a, it's just a, it's a really nice smoke. It smokes super smooth. Um, and it's just, you know, it's a more, more of a head high. Um, and I think that's starting to change. I think the customers in the community, you know, are finally starting to realize, Hey, it's not all about THC percentage. Um, you know, it's been a big hurdle. I mean, fuck, my dad still looks at THC percent and I fucking, the co-owner of no-till cakes. He's like, but your shit's not testing at 32%. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. People, uh, they get caught up in certain things about it. We always go back to alcohol that like no one ever buys alcohol based off, you know, the very few, unless you're in college, you're looking for like Bacardi 151 or something, you know, it's like, no one gets into all that. What, uh, so you guys going through the approval process and everything, when was this timeline wise? Okay, how so, long ago was this? So, so we got our building twenty seventeen, roughly November. We uh, we didn't uh, we didn't get our building permit 
to actually start constructing our tenant improvements, as they're called. Um, we didn't get our permit for our building permit until November of 2018. So it took a full year of working with this architect to just like, to like, well, like where are the walls going to be? Where, how many rooms? What are we doing? Like, uh, where are the doors? All that. And then with that, you have to have your mechanical engineering plans, which are going to be your, uh, your like HVAC, your electrical and your plumbing. And, uh, so that, that takes time and like going like, so we had one guy that like, we had one group that did, uh, like the small, like one engineer guy that's like drawing these plans up. And at, at this point, I don't even really have like a full grasp of what we're like, what are we getting into right now? Like at, at this point, I'm like, Oh God, like we talked about it. We're trying to build grow rooms, but now I'm with like engineers and we're talking about like talking about like all these loads and all yeah, this and power. like, and, and everything. And they're like, so what lights are you using? And I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck. Uh, I don't know what lights we're using yet. They're like, well, you got to know lights. We need to know the wattage. You know, we need to know how much power you're going to need. We can't overload the panels. And I'm just like, okay, okay. Uh, making notes and figuring out all this shit that I need to figure out. And, and like half the time I would go to this in, to this engineering place and go sit down at, at this group with these guys and like, all right, we're going to have this many lights here. They're thousand Watts. It's called a Gavita. Here's the spec sheet. Look at it. Uh, this is the plug it takes put that on the plans and then they started understanding okay all right i know what you're talking about and i'm like okay like i'm learning something i'm like starting to like speak these guys language um and then we have to so like that's just like our mechanical electric like that's our like mechanical hvac and you know electrical and then plumbing and and with plumbing in the beginning we didn't even really it was so minimal like we weren't doing anything we had some floor drains like we chose a direction to put them. Maybe it could have been a better direction, but they're, they're in the concrete. So that's how they go. Um, and just all these things, like we didn't know about, you know, where are we going to want water lines? Where are we going to want, mm. you know, drains for the, for everything. And it's just like, they're just like the, the plumbing guy just like putting all these like drains in the floor that, yo, well, you need a condensate drain here and every room's got it. And so once we go through that, then we're going through the actual building plans, which are your walls, everything, your doors, ADA, like the whole like brunt of your plans. Cause that's a, that's like a big chunk of it, even though it's really, it's one quarter of it, but it's like a big chunk or one family. I mean, you got your fire plan too and everything. So with the building plans, then we're talking with like a general contractor figuring out what we're going to do. And at this point, we don't quite know yet what we're even going to be using, like what material we're going to use yet. And that, that became a huge factor of the material that we used to actually construct the facility um, because we ended up building it out of DPS panels. Major shout out DPS panels, the industry leader. Hell yeah. Um, they, you found them early they, on. Yeah. So like I, I saw them pop up. Um, I don't know how I saw them. But I saw them pop up on Instagram and this was so this was like 20 like beginning of 2018. Like very early, early, because we drove up to Oxnard to like go to the factory, see the panels, meet, meet the guy. Super awesome. Like they are, they're doing it. Uh, they originally build cold storage facilities mm -hmm. and now it's cold storage and grow rooms. It's like slapped on the building, like <laughs> really out there. It's awesome. And, uh, They've taken over. They, oh yeah. They yeah. crush it. I mean, they're everywhere all over the, all, no mold. all over the, uh, 
any major grow room getting built in the country right now is is using DPS DPS panels. panels. And, and so, so when we found them, like we went there, I got all their spec sheets. They're like, yep, you know, we have all of our shit, like certified, whatever, like here's for the, for the LA shit that you need for loads and all that. And at this point, like Long Beach didn't even really know about it. Maybe some guys had used them in Long Beach. I don't know yet, but we were one of the very early on doing it in Long Beach with DPS panels. And so the city was just like, really had no idea what we were like, what was going on. So it took like that, that took like an extra month or two just to go back and forth and convince them that we're not going to use drywall. We don't need any. So we don't need, we're a single occupancy. We don't need to have a fire rated barrier because we don't have, we don't share an occupancy anywhere. And so like if you need fire rated DPS panels, uh, they, they do make them, I'm pretty sure, because certain people need them. Like when you have a shared occupancy with a distribution, let's say in a cultivation, you, you need a fire rated wall between them. That's like a little building tip that certain cities require. But when you have a single occupancy, some don't require those things. And so we learned all this, figured all this out, figured out we don't need fire sprinklers because we're under or small square footage. And in the beginning, like our architect should have told us all this, but like they don't like our guy didn't even know. And even uh, though he's getting paid to know, yeah, yeah. he's getting paid to know yeah. he's getting paid to do all this stuff. And th- they would send someone to the plan check meeting that like didn't know anything. And I, and I was there cause I went there to every plan check meeting and I'm just like, what are we doing here? Like, like this is just a waste of the city's time. Like they're, they're asking us questions and like the lady doesn't even, she, she brought the wrong plans. Like, what are we doing? And, uh, and so it just, th- that took long. Like I had to push and push and push it through. And then finally, like we get through and go, or we're getting through with the planning process. We're going through like the fire stuff and we figure out we don't need sprinklers. We don't need all this shit that would cost like another 80 grand for sprinklers, things like that. Your fire riser, like not, that takes a whole doorway or a whole space in your facility. And so like we don't need all that and figuring out what we do need and putting those, putting what we need into the plans and getting the DPS panels as all of our walls and everything. Um, except for like our bathroom and shit, which we could have, but we did like drywall and mold resistant uh, or mold resistant drywall and everything. Um, but, but like getting all that approved, it just took so much time. And then money too. Yeah. Time and money. It's just like wasting and we're just waiting. We're like, all right, can we like cut the concrete yet? And we're just like, all right, you know, fuck it. We're going to cut the concrete and we're getting our, like we're snapping out our lines and everything. And so like we, we finally get everything approved with the city. We pull our building permit at this point, we do talk with a contractor who we're going to have help us build the facility. And so basically it was like me, this contractor, and I had like one other guy who helps me and we put all the walls up, uh, all the walls, the doors, the floors. Um, and then I had a contractor come do all the AC, the HVAC and the electrical. And then we had like an in-house guy do the plumbing. Um, and then I've been doing a ton of plumbing just in the last two years that we've been operating two and a half now. Um, Jay could take apart our air conditioning system. Oh God, Damn. I, don't, I yeah. don't like doing Which, that. I know, but you've had to learn all that. I had to replace yeah. a temperature yeah. sensor that was on a refrigerant line like a month and a half ago. So our, our mom room AC went down like, like two months, three months ago. Now, I don't know how long. Time's been flying. And basically it went down like the fastest thing is it's like we use a contractor from San Diego and, and they're really awesome. Like he answers my calls on Sunday. Like he's awesome. Um, but the fastest thing is for me to go try to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm opening up this branch box and I'm tapping uh, 
like solenoid valves. I'm like, is, is there a valve stuck? Like we're just not getting cold refrigerant to the bedroom. Like it's just obvious the pipe's not cold. We're not getting cold refrigerant, but we have cold refrigerant coming from the outdoor condensers. And so it's just like, I had to like figure it out. It just took so long, but somehow like I did a bunch of shit and the, the engineer guy was like, yeah, it's probably this sensor. And I was just like, I, I don't believe you, but okay. And it took like a week to get the sensor and oh. like that was a bummer. And so we had to move all the plants out to a, another room. That's mm -hmm. now our secondary bedroom. So now we have two bedrooms and we were working on that anyway. It just expedited it like a week and a half faster than we planned. And so we got this, this little, little cut, like a little sensor plug that plugs into the computer board and goes to the refrigerant line. And it's in like the unit, like in the actual air handler up in the attic. And so I, I put the new one in and like, boom, now we got cold refrigerant. It's working perfect. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, because of one sensor. Yeah. Like yeah, one little sensor. And <laughs> like, like and, and the engineer guy knew from, cause I, the, I have this computer thing that they left with me that I plug into the outdoor condenser and he's like looking at all this shit and he's like, what's this? What's that? What's that? And I'm just reading it off. And he's like, cause this is all, this is what the AC tech's going to mm -hmm. come up and do, but it's going to take another day maybe for them to come do it. So like I have the computer there and so I'm reading off all the shit. He can do it from home laying in bed. What's yeah. It say? And, and like, thankfully the engineer likes me too. Cause he's like, all right, this guy's like trying. He's like, mm -hmm. like he, he built, he's there. All right. And so we, he like, I don't know how they like, he's like, yeah, probably a bad sensor on the inlet coil. And I'm like, okay. And it took a long time. We got it. Now it's working. People don't get though. You're about, you giving away a lot of game right now. Yeah. Having, once you have a facility and you have that much money invested and that much time invested into success of a crop, a living product, like a plant, if you don't have an AC guy, if you don't have a GC, if you don't have these people on speed dial, and if they're not willing to pick up your call on a Saturday or Sunday or at 9 PM, when the light, the other room turns on and you, it doesn't turn on. Oh shit. Yeah, the room's yeah. on. Uh, that you can't wait a couple days. days. Sometimes you can't wait a week. It's like, dude, this has to be fixed in 24 hours. Yeah. 48's pushing it. 100%. And that's been the most challenging thing yeah. is trying to, ex like, we've learned so much. Like, air, like air, air conditioning, for example, needs to be treated as legitimate refrigeration. Like, if, if a refrigerator at Ooh. a store goes down, it's got to get fixed today. We're not, we're not talking about tomorrow. Like, today. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, can I get just more sensors and more random shit that if it, if it breaks, can I go fix it now? And I'm, I'm working on that too, but it's just like uh, our, the engineer guy uh, who he teaches classes on like, on like variable refrigerant installation. And he, uh, he told me, he's like, we have like roughly maybe 70 tons between all the rooms and shit. And it's overkill a bit, but when running LEDs, it'll run at a lot lower load. And so he's like, you know, places that have this much air conditioning usually have like a full time maintenance staff. And <laughs> we're just like, yeah, I mean, OK, <laughs> like because we're like a small like it, if a facility that had that much AC would be a giant building, like mm -hmm. a really large building. Well, you're talking non-grow. Yeah, like a yeah, non like a college, like right. a hospital, <laughs> yes. whatever, something that's got like that. Yeah, like a gigantic building with yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of condensers, a lot of AC. And like, we're small, like that's not, I mean, these guys got 500 tons. A lot of these guys of AC, like or that so many, so much air conditioning. Um, and it's just like, you know, we're small, so we got to try to figure it out. Small is good in this day's yeah, market. Absolutely. In this day's market to be able to put out good quality product and have small, consistent harvests 
hardest part, man. And you guys are doing it. I mean, look at this shit. And, and at the same time, like, how'd you come up with the name? No till Kings. You just knew you were the best at it or what? <laughs> no, we're not the best. We're constantly uh, learning. Constantly. We are like, yeah, we're, we definitely produce really high quality flour mm. and, and we work really hard uh, to do that for sure. But yeah, so like with the name, like we both kind of came up with it. It was just like, we weren't really sure. And we wanted to do something with no till and, you know, just like no till Kings, I don't know, kind of came. Yeah. Just, it's just us two. I mean, when, when we say we're small, like people don't realize uh, we're, we've got like seven employees as of today. Yeah. We have seven employees and just him and I, and that's it. That's us. So we're how, how many? What like if you don't mind talking about light setup room wise? How many yeah, lights so, per room? Okay, so we just expanded now. Like we're double what we were. So we'd start. We had forty lights, mm-hmm. and we started with forty eight, and we had the gavitas turned a certain way. And because we're running four foot living soil beds, we realized we could actually rotate the lights the other way and cut a light out per bed because of the four foot span instead of five foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're running two rooms right now with twenty lights each, uh, twenty gavitas each, thousand watt, two seventy seven volt. Um, and great size rooms and yeah. And they're like, uh, they're roughly like 700 square feet, um, real nice size. And so we just, we're finally like at the, at the point where we, we need to just, we need to produce more to make it. It costs so much to just operate a business of this size. The overhead is unimaginable. Like it's just outrageous. Mm -hmm. And so we need our, like, we need our full facility running. So when we built everything out, the plan was, uh, and this kind of goes back to the whole thing. We we really didn't know how much we could grow in the beginning because we only planned to build out half of it. Basically, we built the whole shell out. So like every room was built, all the AC was in, all the electrical, and thank God it was because a, like three months after we started operating, COVID hit, and like everything was. It would have been so tough to get equipment and AC and all that. So thank God it was just like we got it done before that. It still is hard to get. Yeah, still that. Thing, yeah, like, you'd have it, just been started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, yeah. Uh, my electricians were just up. They're they're waiting a year, fifty weeks sometimes for these electrical panels. Like, exactly, it's, it's outrageous, and it's stuck on like who knows where. But wow. uh, but so it it just took a lot of time to to get everything going, and uh, and so let me ask this: once you have fire product. Mm-hmm. How hard is it to start tar- telling shops like, yo, this shit's no till. Yeah, yeah. So, hard. so it. Because they don't, they're like, the it's thing. what now? They they're like, they think it's your brand name. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. A yeah. lot of the times yeah. they don't care. Our, uh, like our, our first, our first real run, we, we, we didn't, we, we couldn't really figure out our packaging. We just had jars and we kind of got a sticker label. We're figuring it out. All right. Well, do we have the compliance sticker, everything that we need? And we're trying to find a distributor, like figuring out how distribution works. Like initially, everybody wants to be vertically integrated. Like that's the goal, right? Everyone wants to self-distribute and do all that. But very few realize how tough it is to do every facet of the industry. It's it's just really tough to do it all. And oftentimes, unless you are doing such high volume that it, it makes sense to be your own distributor, it's like oftentimes it's just better not to. It's it's really tough. Um, and so that that's something that we've kind of found. Like we're just trying to cultivate right now. And and so when when we first tried to get onto the shelf, we like we had flour, we had our cookies and cream number 2 and our mimosa and we had a cookies and cream number 3 actually that we uh that we discontinued because it just wasn't as good. Um but we were we were just 
trying to basically find shops like we our deal with our yeah we're just Just, like going in and uh trying to just figure out will you guys take a new brand we're local we're here in long beach yeah it's it's not like the old days in the 215 days where you could just go to the shop with a pack and show them like this is fire and they'll put you on you gotta call if you don't have uh like reservation with these shops like an appointment they will not talk to you and these shops are getting hit up by every single brand right so they have like i was talking to the shop um purchasing manager the other day and he was like i have unopened emails since april and it's just like that's so many these shops have one guy or girl that buys for the entire shop and so i write them an email i call them like they don't even have a point of contact and then just to like get them to have a meeting with me is so difficult. And a lot of the times they'll just like, you know, send them pictures, and menus and all that stuff. A lot of times because of our price point, they'll just automatically say no. So then like we're really dwindled down to like a few people that are willing to meet with us. And usually once we can, we can sit down with them and they see our product, they, they take us on unless um, the price point with it's just in a location that like doesn't move high uh, top shelf flower and that yeah that happens but yeah it's it's a real struggle getting into these shops man it's it's crazy it, it just took so much time in the beginning we didn't even know like what we were really doing we're just trying mm-hmm. to trying to get something on the shelf like can we and you know then, and, the product's good you know yeah, it's smoking and you're yeah. trying to be like hey just yeah. give us a shot and, so that we can the other yeah. thing too that we do understand is that not a lot of people now people are starting to care about you know living soil so it's Hell slow yeah. it's getting yeah. there but you know a, a year to a year and a half ago two years ago now it was just it, maybe it wasn't as much but mm-hmm. it was just new and so our if we can you know if we can just stay around we you know hope to be one of the original you know living soil brands that that is really cultivating at a high level and and actually you know, in the grow, doing it, like trying to put out really quality product that we want to smoke. That's sustainable. Um, it's about educating the consumer. 100%. You know, you guys, once you know what you guys do, like the background of what you know, Till Kings and what this flower and how it's grown. And once you've seen, like, like if you, <clears throat> people should Google what a no-till garden looks like. Cause it's so impressive, bro. It I- is so crazy. Appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, that's just our main focus is we want to be like the leading sustainable cannabis company indoors, right? We understand we're still taking a lot of power with lights. We're switching over to all LEDs. Our mom room, bedroom, two flower rooms are now all LEDs. Um, We're super stoked about that. But a lot of people don't know, like our joint tubes and our plastic lids are made of uh, reclaimed ocean plastics. Um, You know, it costs us a little more, but we just really want to show that we care and we do care. And mm-hmm. that's something that like, I'm, I'm a big surfer, skater, just always been outside. I really, uh, take pride in the environment, protecting it. And I want to show people that not only no-till is something you can do at home, like outside in your backyard. Right. But you can also be a lot more sustainable indoors. It doesn't have to be like throwing out all this waste all the time. Like we reuse everything. We reuse our stocks, our leaves, everything. Um, and I just think as that's a beautiful can, thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as much as we can, yeah. sometimes it's too much to grind up or sometimes the sticks are too small to grind up. Yeah. But. Everything in moderation that what the plants need. Yeah, for sure. And, um, and we try so, to hold a lot of stock too. Like we save as much stock as we can to, to, to grind up, especially our mother stock. When, when a mom gets old, like that's, that's the best stock 
to grind up as uh, just because it, it really looks like it turns into like a wood chip almost. It's crazy. And, uh, yeah. and so the, the, that stuff's a lot better than like so, sometimes with the uh, with harvested flour, we try to grind up as much of that as we can because it, it but it's tough. It's so thin a lot of times. Like, and we, we just don't have like the best shredder. Like we want to get a good one one day maybe, but, uh, Expense. but it's, yeah, it's just tough to get something to like shred it. We need like one of those, like almost like a meat grinder really, or like a, like a big, like teeth shredder, but they're a lot. Mm. Um, yeah. To, to like mulch it. Yeah. Basically to, to get it to shred. And so you got into extracts obviously, cause we're, we're oh, yeah. firing up this cold fire pen, yep. like oh, yeah. shout out cold fire. People go crazy over organic inputs. Mm -hmm. Um, rosin resin i mean come on so how are these going over oh sh they sell out yeah all the time they sell out super yeah. fast yeah coal fire is doing amazing work uh yeah. this is a mimosa cartridge these are actually out right now at a variety of shops yeah and you can find them on coal fire's website People fire yeah appreciate that one of my favorite carts out right now honestly we we got some in the za olympics from green wolf box and then now it's every every time i see them i'm like oh that's one of those ones you yep. know, fire yeah yeah it's uh, phenomenal yeah flavor all the way down to the end and uh phenomenal carts we exclusively yeah. coal um yeah all our extraction with, with coal fire yeah, yeah. we've, we've been, been hit up by, with them for a while yeah we've been hit up by other extractors because they want the living soil for the terps and we just i mean we're so small yeah we couldn't it takes, a, it takes multiple another, harvests yeah. to get a run together but legitimately we only go with them so Small batch boutique, yep. no till. Absolutely. Where uh, where do we go from here? What are you guys working on right now? That's for the future of no till kings. Yeah. Breeding, Bre 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 breeding's yeah. on our minds. That's We're not doing it yet. I love it though. That's where it starts. <laughs> yeah, but, for sure. Uh, so we we just got our final three rooms fired up. So in total, we have six rooms. We've got our our original veg mom clone room, and then we had two flower rooms. And that's what has kept us alive for the last two and a half years, basically. And that's really what it's done is kept us alive. And it's just so tough. Like we can't, like we need, we need more rooms to just make it in this market. The California makes it tough, especially with cultivation tax to the state, like forcing growers to pay $160 per pound on every pound that they cultivate. It's, it's outrageous. And no the most highly taxed yeah. business in the world yeah. is cannabis. And so, they're talking about repealing it, which should happen immediately. Yeah. Um, but, and so if that happens, you know, we're thankful, right? But, um, the, the state's misusing the funds anyway. Yeah. And just so, to be dead honest. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, uh, and so right now, with, uh, so, so basically, we started with our, our mom clone bedroom. We had two flower rooms, which were the 20 light Gavita, so 40 lights. That's what we were running for the last couple of years. Um, and now we just, we fired up two more flower rooms. We're running uh, Lux LEDs in it. And now we're running 24, actually. So on the same pattern that we would have run maybe 20 HPS lights, we're going back to 24 of what we originally thought to really make sure we have like a foot overlap on each side of the bed. Because um, we don't want to undercover the canopy. And so it's just better, better to at least shoot yeah, it a little better bit. to over because there is still space between the lights and mm. to run one less on those LEDs because they really, if you look at them, they just really only cover what the bars are over. Mm -hmm. They're not really spanning out. It's a different, it's a different coverage. Um, and so, so the, they're awesome. We just, we're just firing it up now. So we're, we're going to be vegging in the room for a little bit where we should be flipping one room, hopefully in uh, like 10 days, maybe. 
Yeah, yeah shout so out build of soil. Just yeah, uh, yeah the Lux forty four yards. Are, we just got forty four yards yeah. of soil. Trucked from Colorado. Yep. They're also like a family run company. Um, so we so this now besides like the first one you made basically somewhere in town. Where now you you sourced out soil that's home built, almost like. Could you get into that? What yeah, they do yeah. just to touch on that because yeah, I know what you're sure. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. People. So so we uh, actually the first round we contracted with them as well, um, but they've only gotten better with what they do. They're also expanding um, build a soil 3.0. Like they have a living soil blend, so that's what we use for our base. It's got great stuff in there, and then we throw in our worms and we add all of our mulch and everything decomposes and just gets rich over time. I mean, it's so cool. Like I failed bio twice in high school. It's so funny that now like, you know, microbiology is what we do. I mean, it's crazy what's going on. You pick up a handful of soil and it has more organisms in it than the entire amount of people that have ever lived on earth. I mean, that's pretty fucking cool. That is really cool. Yeah. And I mean, all these, you know, microorganisms are breaking down this organic matter, um, like the bacteria and fungi to break it down for the worms, to break it down even further, to turn it into worm castings. I mean, you go to any gardening store and worm castings is like a number one fertilizer that they Mm -hmm. use for nitrogen. And we're just creating that in our beds. Fresh. Yeah. Fresh. Yeah. That's shit's worth a lot of money. Yeah. And that's why people seek out the flower. That's why these shops, you know, need the education because this flower is so much work and is so, so prized amongst growers that it just hasn't reached the shops yet. Just to be dead honest, that it just has the education of like, oh shit, this is even better than this is even more work. And this is even harder to do, you know, especially to get it top tier quality. It sucks because a lot of, you know, most of the shops, all the shops we're in, we love them. They're great shops. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these purchasing managers, um, not the ones that we're in, but a lot of these purchasing managers, they come from like a corporate background. Like they don't come from the cannabis industry. They don't know fire if it hit them in the face. You know, they're just looked, they're just fixated on a price. And if it doesn't hit their price to more than double it, you know, then they don't want it. So, but the real ones know for sure. And, um, there are a lot of good purchasing managers out there, shops that, that do want to educate people on what we do. Um, if we want no till Kings in California, like where can we go to pick up your guys' product? Like all these jars that are on the table. I mean, come on. Yeah. So we're in all the March and Ash locations, um, and down in San Diego, we're in a couple of Long Beach locations, shout out Catalyst. Um, they rep us pretty hard. Uh, Elliot, he's the man. He does a lot for Long Beach. He's a really cool guy. Um, owner of the Catalyst Cannabis Dispensary. And um, then we actually just got into, uh, they just took an order. We're going to be in the woods in West Hollywood, Woody Harrelson's store, which we're super stoked on that because I think we align really well with uh, Woody's views. Mm-hmm. You know, if you haven't seen the documentary, Kiss the Ground, you guys should absolutely check it out. It's a phenomenal documentary that highlights no-till on a large scale. Um, you know, we, we want to show that this this is more than weed like we we can farm our food through living soil like we can actually benefit the planet and and take carbon out of the atmosphere uh with living soil i mean it's 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 crazy it's like a thing called biosequestration and it's literally like pulling carbon out of the atmosphere through photosynthetic plants and bacteria like all that living soil stores the carbon it's it's crazy 
you guys should check out the documentary kiss the ground very wow. cool that's awesome big shout out the woods in west hollywood big shout out woody harrelson i mean stoner uh icon honestly the yeah. dude's a stoner icon yeah i mean and this does align now that you say that man this this line's your brand aligns perfectly with like what they're looking to do. Natural, organic. They're doing a lot yeah. of outdoor and greenhouse. You guys yeah. are like high end indoor, but still along the same principles. That's right. fucking dope, dude. And uh and and I think a lot, a lot of shops are now kind of becoming more receptive to what we're doing. They're they're interested in living soil. They're mm -hmm. interested in Oh, what is that? You know, I've I've heard of that actually now. Like, oh, we've seen another brand that maybe talked about it, or uh, I mean the the, the there's like a couple, you know, like a handful of brands that that have a living soil product or are putting something out maybe in California. Um, and so the word is starting to get out a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm personally like we, we, we do everything ourselves. So I'm personally driving to all these shops and talking to these bud tenders and educating them about no-till. It's the funniest thing ever. You know, they see me come in with a no-till shirt. They're like, oh, are you a sales rep? I'm like, no, I'm actually the owner. Like, it's nice yeah. to meet you. And they're always like, what the fuck? It's like, <laughs> you know, I've just, I've driven out to Imperial Valley, like anywhere I have to go to get the word out. You know, just if I can convert one more person to, you know, educate them about living soil and our product and that's a win i mean it's a constant hustle constant grind but we love it yeah we're fucking obsessed with cannabis and and one thing too that like uh, i tell our employees all the time and because i'm at our facility every day like sometimes for months at a time it's seven days a week legitimately and and i tell our employees all the time that we have to work really really hard just to get to a point where where we're known or even people care about our flower or that we have some level of success in the market. And once we get to that point, we have to work even harder just to actually stay there and, and, and improve upon it and, and, meet the, and meet the demand of quality, quality that we actually want. And so I really do preach that a lot that like we, you know, we are really only as good as our last harvest. Like any grow can fall off at any time. And that's what a lot of people don't understand is that it's just tough. It's not that we're, it's not like a, a constant reproductive thing that is always the same. Like if, if you're not putting in the real effort, it's not going to be the quality that, that you've seen in past rounds. Um, if and, you're not obsessed, yeah. then you're not going to survive in the California legal market. Like it has to be your life. Support brands that are obsessed because that's what they're doing on their Sundays. That's what they're doing at night when the Literally. sun goes down. Everyone else is eating dinner. They're still in the garden or they're still in the distro or still in the extraction. You yep. know, I mean, support brands where you see them on that Instagram at 9, 10 p.m. still in there. 100%. You know, and I know you guys, I mean, how do you find the trimmers, bro? You guys so have some phenomenally really trimmed tough. weed. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I, <laughs> That is my feel. So like, every, I mean, the whole facility, like to get it into the jar and then Mark, you do a great job uh, on all the sales. So, but to get it trimmed is challenging. So we, we employ people. We do not contract out. We, we employ people. We, uh, it's really tough. Like right now it's been part-time and full-time. So our people are great. Shout out to our team. Yeah. They all know who they are. Yeah. They are really, really solid. And they've been super amenable to our fluctuating schedule. And they've understood that the plants have a cycle that if if we don't have a harvest coming down, like 
I don't know what to do right now. You know what I mean? And so they've been really solid and, uh, and it's just challenging. So like getting stuff trimmed in a timely manner is really tough. That's what we're working on right now. We're going to be hiring a couple more trimmers. Um, and, and getting it trimmed properly, like in the beginning, I, I let them know I'm going to be really anal in the beginning and, and I'm sorry, but it's just, it is what it is. And once you're good, you're good. And mm -hmm. if there's an issue here or there, I'll let you know. Um, You've always been like, even in Santa Barbara, man, when he came up and like, I was, you know, trimming my butt and he took the scissor out of my hand. I was like, no, this is how you fucking trim it. <laughs> it's like, he's always been super meticulous and obsessed with just having the perfect looking flower. And, and so, yeah, so like, and the only way to do that is you have to employ people you, mm -hmm. because nobody wants to trim smalls if they're, if they're not going to make like, if you want to put out weight, you don't want to trim smalls. You don't want to trim shit that's not putting out weight if you're only getting paid by the pound. Mm -hmm. And it just, it, it's just a challenging dynamic. And in the legal market, you can't afford to do that really. Like it's, it's so challenging to, to make a dollar and like it's just a different time. You know what I mean? There is still a lot of groups that contract trim. The price has gone way down if, you know, like for, for what you get paid really and what it, from what it used to be besides now, and obviously in the illicit markets still pays what it does, I'm sure. Um, but it, it's just challenging. That's definitely one of the most challenging things is how do we, how do we fluctuate like 80% or 70% of our workforce on all the harvest side when it's not, all the time now but now once with these two new rooms we're going to be harvesting hopefully every 20 days we're going to have full-time work we're going to have full-time harvest team mm -hmm. every week yeah. we'll be trimming packaging making pre-rolls the cycle continues trimming, people don't packaging. even know about that because like the last thing you want is a people to work for a week and then have two weeks off and exactly. they gotta find new work I know. and you end up and getting the good people leave because right. they need full-time exactly. work 100 it's it's a nightmare and uh, you know, and it's been I, challenging for big us. shout out to all the recreational shops in California, but also like something I want to bring up guys put in, you guys put in months and months and months, years of work to get this flower and this soil the way it is. And then they want to make the same markup you do on your whole product, except for they want to make profit. They want to make a hundred percent markup on your 16 or $32 eighth, whatever, whatever oh. it is. Right. And $23, 21, whatever, whatever you settle at in your number. If you go to a liquor store and anywhere you don't get a hundred percent markup on every single bottle on the shelf you get it on the low-end stuff the smalls the shake right. all the little pre-rolls you're selling all the random stuff right and then the high-end companies that are putting out quality product you get a less markup because people know like man we want to carry this product and we want our customers trying this stuff we want to be known to have this brand like it's a very cohesive back and forth and sometimes you see in these shops where there's not that and i don't i don't want to dig on shops and i know I'm going on a ramp, but no, you guys put out quality product. These shops need to recognize that, that put Thank it on you. the shelf. And I hate to hear like, oh, they can't make their hundred percent markup. Then maybe <laughs> they only make 80%. Yeah. That's crazy to be like, no, we're good. Bite the bullet, put a fire on, put fire on the shelf because that's what the customers want. That's where the detachment is right now in the industry. The customers want the fire and they're like, why are, why, why is the market fucked up? Right. The buyer at that shop, get with it. You know, yeah. and I just, I love what you guys do and you're so passionate about the cultivation side. And that's why I'm being passionate about these shops need to recognize what true fire is. And, and there's so many brands we run into that have the same story that works so hard. Uh, you guys have fire, bro. I I'm, I'm loving Thank all you. these strains. I'm Thank loving you. the extract collabs.
Yeah, the cards are fire. We're looking forward to blowing through those jars, bro. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. The note, yeah. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I'm probably gonna hope you brought all these for us, Jay. Whichever, whichever ones you guys want, I'm probably gonna leave. We want them all, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're stoked to have you guys on, man. No till kings, man. Awesome product for real, man. Amazing story, amazing you. partnership you guys have. Thank Nothing you. but love and respect for your brand because I can see the passion and uh, you know the determination behind it. it. Seems like perfect timing, and you guys got a bright future with this brand. Yeah, and Thank yeah, you. shout out to all the California shops for real. Get some more organic on your shelves. Yeah. The No Till Kings, these boys are really doing it for the culture, man. By way of it, San Diego, really dope, man. For real. Any shout outs you guys want to give before we? Uh, you know, uh, shout out our, our whole team and, you know, to, uh, it, it's really tough working in the legal market to actually, to actually operate and survive on a, on a small scale. Everyone that is doing it, that's trying to do it and wants to do it, you know, don't give up, keep working. It's uh, it's really hard. Uh, anybody that tells you that's, that it's easy is lying to you. It is really, really hard. Um, you know, it's day in, day out and there's lots of failures. It, it's not, it's not just boom, now you're growing millions. Like it's hard, hard work and you have to love cannabis to grow cannabis. 100%. And, and I think also the last thing that I'll say is that the industry forgets that there would not, like nothing happens in the entire industry without the growers. We're creating the plant. Like without the plant, there's actually nothing. There's, there's no extracts, there's no distribution, there's no shops. We're not gonna sell empty jars. And so without cultivating the plant, the, there is really nothing. It's, it's a lot of hard work and it takes months and months and months and failure after failure to, to get to where we want to be. And we're continually learning. Uh, we're never the best. We're, we're always trying to get better. Um, and like I said, we can fall off at any time. So we're always, you know, we're always trying to get better. And, uh, and yeah, shout out to our team. They're working really, really, really hard. Yeah. 100%. Um, shout out you guys for having us on. I mean, this is huge for our brand. You know, we're so small and, and the following that you guys have, like now, you know, people are going to be able to see our brand and go buy it. And um, just really shout out to anyone in the cannabis industry. Um, you know, you are a part of this ever-growing industry and the more people that we have in the industry talking about it with their parents with their grandparents that's how we move forward so really just shout out you know even if you're even if you're a photographer or you know bud tender whatever you do like you're helping this industry and i think you know we, we're all coming together to push this thing forward so and shout out, shout out cold fire check out our carts our flower Super fire. Straight up. Nothing but fire, man. No Till Kings. Yeah. Episode 55. It's first smoke of the day. Damn, this place is huge. I got to get what I need and get out of here, man. I'm in a rush. What? Whoa. Blackleaf? Oh, you already what know. What are you doing here? I basically live here. Grow Generation. Can filters, Power SI, Athena products, Lux Lighting. Man, I mean, I basically live here. Grow Generation Store is the largest hydroponic store I've ever been to. It's crazy. The largest hydroponic retailer in the nation with over 60 locations, so you know they got one near you. It's growgeneration.com and at growgeneration on Instagram. Tell them first smoke of the day sent you. Yo, what type of silica do you use in your garden? We rock Power SI the original all day long. Take a look at this though. We got the bloom. This right here, this is a game changer for any garden. If you want bioavailable silica, 
Power SI, first smoke of the day. Yo, welcome to the Diamond Mine, the diamondmine.la, California source for boutique genetics, powered by yours truly, Blackleaf. And you know what that means? That means I'm bringing my best genetics into this. I'm bringing stuff I've been hiding, harboring away, stuff I haven't wanted to let out. We're bringing all that into the diamondmine.la and we're gonna offer that to California. Go on our website, hit the newsletter, and see if you can rock with us. Get on board with some of our genetics and change your garden. The diamondmine.la, powered by Blackleaf. Yo, so I'm here at Jungle Boys Clothing in LA right next to TLC Collected. And when you touch down in LA, make sure you come right here, get your gear, get your smoke. The boys have been playing with fire since 2006. It's jungleboys.com and check them out in Florida if you're in the area, the whole state. Let's go, welcome to the jungle. Athena Nutrients, cost-effective plant fertilizers and pest control built and tested by legacy growers in California. For more information on Athena, go to athenaag.com or follow Athena on Instagram, at athena.ag. We'll see you there. Hello guys, Alex here, owner of Mango Tech Store. We are the house of Trollmaster. We are the house of ThinkPro. Whether you're growing commercially, growing at home, or growing in a tent, we got you. Come see us. We got the best pricing, best customer support. Nobody can beat us. Mango Tech. Like I said before, with the house of Trollmaster and with the house of ThinkPro, we got the new lifters in-house. Order up. Yo, I'm here at Grow Generation, and what do they have? One of our sponsors, Lux Lighting. The highest quality components designed in Los Angeles and distributed globally. Go to luxlighting.com to find out more and find out what all the big grows and all the pros are using to grow. Hey, so we wanna give a major shout out to a premier sponsor of the show, CanFan. We've been rocking with CanFan since the beginning of this thing. I remember when Blackleaf came to me and said, hey, when you're smoking inside, you should really hook up a CanFan. Can fan with a can fan fan, and then a controller to control that fan. So when you're smoking, light up, boom, cut the fan on. You don't piss your neighbors off, keep everything kosher. And I know that Blackleaf only found that out because of one reason. I mean, essential in smoke rooms, essential in grow rooms, same thing, we're killing smell. Can filters, can fans. The product line is essential in any grow room. We've been rocking it for a decade plus. First smoke of the day, can filters, family.